That's the other purpose of the wilderness. Are you going to obey his commands? It's a test of your faith. Have you learned a lesson in your wilderness? Mm-hmm. You received the commands on Sunday, but are they still in you on Monday? Understand what God does. He will send problematic people around you on Monday to see if what you learned on Sunday is still there. So when you get to work on Monday, they waiting for you. God said, oh, you learned about, Satan said, oh, you learned about faith? Mess with her as soon as she walk in the door. Mess with him as soon as he sits down at his desk. And whatever you learn on Sunday, go right out the window. You just blah, 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 cussing and cursing, acting a fool. He said, that's why you got to stay in the wilderness a little while longer. Because you ain't learned the lesson yet. Manifested Glory Worship Center. Kingdom focused, kingdom minded, kingdom living. This is the Rhema Talk Podcast, and you're listening to Pastor Damon C. Johnson, founder and senior pastor of Manifested Glory Worship Center. So let's get right to the word. I guarantee you, I'm going to make sure that it's hot and fresh. We're going to get it in what? Hallelujah. But you got to stay with the brother. If I see you sleep, I'm calling you out. Fall asleep if you want to. You better stand up and say hallelujah the whole time. Amen. Let's get right to it. If you have your Bible, search to the book of John, John chapter 21. John chapter 21. This is going to be our main text. This is going to be our main theme. John chapter 21. We're going to read verses 1 through 14. Today I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. John chapter 21, verses 1 through 14. If you do not have your Bibles, we will have it on the monitors for you. John chapter 21, verses 1 through 14. When you get it, please say, I got it. If you still turn and say, hold up, no problem. John is in our Bible, amen. New Testament of our Bible. If you get to Acts, you've gone too far, amen. John chapter 21, I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. It reads this way. It says, later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there. Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel of Canaan of Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and the other two disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they all said. So they went out into a boat, but they caught nothing all night. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples could not see who it was. He called out, fellas, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, throw your net on the right-hand side of the boat, and you'll get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so, uh, there were so many fish in it. Then the, disciples, the disciple that Jesus loved, which you know was John, um, said to Peter, it's the Lord. Uh, when, Peter, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, uh, for he had stripped for work. Uh, he was fishing butt naked. That's what that pretty much means. Um, uh, jumped into the water and headed to shore. Um, the others stayed on the boat and pulled the loaded net to shore. Uh, for they were only about 100 yards from shore. And when they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a coal fire and some bread. Bring some of the fish you've caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to the shore. There were 153 large fish, and yet the net had not torn. Now, come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. None of the disciples dared to ask, who are you? 
they knew it was the Lord. Then Jesus served them fish, I mean bread and fish. This was the third time Jesus appeared to the disciples since he had raised from the dead. Let's stop there. My sermon title today is The Process in the Process. The Process in the Process. The challenge, people of God, that most people face today with what God wants to do in their life is not the thing that God wants to do in their life, but it's them. The, the problem is not the task. The problem is you. And the reason why is because, let me just give you this. So, what you know, I don't know if kids still play this game or sing this song, but we used to when I was a kid. There was a song uh, called the Hokey Pokey. So you put your left foot in. Then you take your left foot out. You put your right foot in, then you shake it all about. You do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around. The hokey pokey. The hokey pokey. Remember last week I told you that your character has to match your calling. That, 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 that God, before God does a thing through you, he has to first do a thing in you. And, and understand that in this process of God using you, sometimes it's going to get hard. Sometimes this life will get difficult. It's a reality. You can't shake it. I don't care how saved you are. It's going to get hard sometimes. Let's, 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 let's just throw that myth away that as soon as you get saved, that you're going to just skip through a, a, a field of rose petals and nothing is going to come your way. No, that's not the way it works. See, tests come to make us strong. They come to make us strong. You can't have a testimony without a test. And so God needs your testimony to get others to know that he's real. And so sometimes life is going to get hard. And, but what happens is when life gets hard, we as Christians play the hokey pokey with God. We put our left foot in, and as soon as it gets hard, we take our left foot out. We step into our purpose, and as soon as it becomes hard, we take our foot out. We have no faith that can endure. We, we play the hokey pokey with God. You put your right foot in on Sunday, but then you take your right foot out on Monday. See, most of us are Christian in name only. I'm going to park in somebody's spot today. I feel it. We, 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 we are partners in MGWC in name only. Because you put your left foot in when it's convenient for you. But when we need you, you take your left foot playing hokey pokey with the things of God. Yeah, ooh, y'all quiet in this Lutheran church. Here's the problem. Put Luke 9 on the, on the screen for me. I want to show you something with what Jesus said. Look what Jesus said. He says, but Jesus told him, Anyone who puts his hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. In other words, you need to be all in. You, need, you make the choice. You can't play hokey pokey with the things of God. You end when it's cool, when, you, when, when, when you're important, but when, 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 when you're not important and you ain't in front, then you take your left foot out. When it benefits you and your family, then you're all in. But when it don't, you take your foot out. Ooh, y'all quiet in this Episcopalian church. 
It's tight. I know it is. Let's get to our text, because y'all, y'all, y'all looking at me funny. Let's get to our text. <laughs> Notice in our text, Jesus refers to Peter as Simon Peter. He refers to him as Simon Peter. Now, when you look at the disciples, most of them call him Peter. But Jesus, even though he said, Simon, your name will now be Peter, he calls him Simon Peter. And you'll question, Pastor, why he's calling him Simon Peter? Because Simon is the name that notes where he is. And Peter is the name that notes where he's going. See, Jesus called him Simon Peter because he knew Peter had, Simon Peter had one foot in his past and one foot in his destiny. Playing hokey pokey. One foot in and one foot out. My question to you, church, what's your name? See, some of y'all got one foot into your destiny and the one lives in your past. You need to step fully into your destiny. You should get rid of that old name. See, I, 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 know, I know it's tough. It's, it's going to be tough this morning, but y'all going to make it through it, I promise you. Simon Peter... Simon Peter, understand his future was bright. When you read the book of Acts, this boy could preach. Preach down the house. Preach so much, thousands joined the church when he preached. But that's not where we, he, we find him in our text. In our text, we find Simon Peter in a place of frustration because he forgot the process. He's frustrated. She's so frustrated that he says, you know what? I, I, I'm at a low place in my life, and I'm going to go back to what I used to do and who I used to be. See, remember, before he met Jesus, he was a fisherman. That's what, that was his job. That was his business. And he came in contact with Jesus. Jesus changed his name. And because Jesus is now gone and now Simon Peter is frustrated, he says, I'm going to go back to what I used to do and who I used to be. And that's what happened when many Christians become frustrated. They go back. They go back to the bottle. They go back to the weed. They go back to being promiscuous. Because they become frustrated with the things of God. Y'all quiet. Get so frustrated, you say, this thing, this God thing ain't worth it. I had more friends when I was in the world. When I was clubbing, I had it going on, so I'm going back to that. Because at least they love me. The Bible says the wages of sin. Stay out there long enough. You go to an early grave. It's nothing out there for us. And, and listen, you don't understand, we are a church of balance. So I believe in a balanced life. I believe that, that you can have a good time and love God at the same time. But the things of your past, let them stay in your past. Especially when you know they mean you no good. So here's, here's Simon Peter. He's, he's, he's frustrated because he said this ministry thing did not work out. So I'm going back. He's frustrated because the Christ, the Messiah, the Krutas, Christos, the we us deo to. I'm giving y'all some of my Greek and Hebrew I've been studying. <laughs> he, he's, he's gone. And understand, see, see, Simon Peter didn't really think he was going to be crucified. He thought Jesus was playing when he said that. You don't believe me? Let me show you in the Bible. Put, put Matthew 16 up here. Matthew 16, verses 21 and 22. Listen, this is, listen to the conversation. Look what it says here. From then on, Jesus began to tell the disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem 
and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hand of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of, of religious law. He will be killed, put on, um, but on the third day he will rise from the dead. But look what Peter said. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him and say such for saying such thing. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. Peter never thought it was going to happen. He's like, nah, we got it too good right now. We, 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 we live in a life. We, we, we got it going on. Um, things are growing, and you're going to leave? Peter forgot the process. Remember the process, church. You got to come out of Egypt through the wilderness into your promise. See, again, most of us, we only want to go out and right in, but the way in is through. You can't forget the wilderness. It's a part of the process. And so Peter forgot that. Now, here's the thing I'm going to tell you about the wilderness. Now, now let, 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 let's, do some, let's do some research real quick. Um, put Luke 4, 14 up there. Look what it says here. Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly throughout the whole region. This is right after Jesus came out of the wilderness. So he returned in power. So where did the power come from? His experience in the wilderness. So you can't panic when you're in your wilderness because when you come out, you're going to go into your promise and you're going to go in your promise with power. See, the reason why we don't have no power because we don't want to go through. Nobody wants to go through the wilderness, so that's why we see the church don't have the power because as soon as we go through, we quit. As soon as we get in the middle of the process, this is too hard, God, I can't do this, I'm done with this, I'm giving up. And we quit in our process. But let me show you the purpose of the, the wilderness. Put Deuteronomy 8.2 up there. Look what it says here. Deuteronomy 8.2 says, Remember how the Lord... Your God led you through the wilderness for those 40 years. Listen, here's a purpose. Humbling you and testing you to prove your character. That's why you're in your wilderness, church. You can't go into a, a higher level and we ain't test your character. If you have not gone through the fire, how are you going to talk about the fire? How are you going to tell people that, how, that how God is a, is a, God, that, a God that overcomes if you ain't never had to overcome nothing? And so, and so, and but here's the other part. Look at the latter part of that verse says, and to find out whether or not you will obey his commands. That's the other purpose of the wilderness. Are you going to obey his commands? It's a test of your faith. Have you learned a lesson in your wilderness? Mm-hmm. You receive the commands on Sunday, but are they still in you on Monday? Understand what God does. He will send problematic people around you on Monday to see if what you learned on Sunday is still there. So when you get to work on Monday, they waiting for you. God said, oh, you learned about, Satan said, oh, you learned about faith? Mess with her as soon as she walk in the door. Mess with him as soon as he sits down at his desk. And whatever you learn on Sunday, go right out the window. You just blah, 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 cussing and cursing, acting a fool. He said, that's why you got to stay in the wilderness a little while longer. Because you ain't learned the lesson yet. 
We prolong our wilderness experience because we ain't learned the lesson we're supposed to learn there. We ain't built the right character while we was in there, so that's why you're in there for so long. Israel, 40 years. 11 days, it's supposed to take 40 years. Wandering around the same mountain because they ain't learned the lesson. They ain't built no character. And they couldn't remember the commands. You know how we know they, they couldn't remember the commands? Because the whole generation didn't get circumcised. They forgot that quick. That was what God said. Circumcise all the men. Joshua had to circumcise them. Grown men. A whole generation. Line them up. Line up. And here's the reality. Nobody wants to experience that, but I want to be first in line. Because by the time you get to man 20, that night's going to be dull. I'll sign up. Because guess what? In order for you to enter your promise, something needs to be cut away. You can't enter in unless you experience something. Israel. And so, and so, uh, Jesus said, let me, let me give you some of what Jesus said. Matthew 16, verse 24. Look what it says here. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you want to follow me, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. That sounds like wilderness can't talk to me. Where's Tosh with the cross? Tosh, where you at? Tosh, here you go. Now, this is wilderness talk. Take up your cross is wilderness talk. I want to show you something about the cross. When I stand it up, it looks like what? Something in math. A plus sign. But when he takes it up on his back and he takes up his cross, look at it now. Multiply. See, when you can take up your cross, God can multiply you. See, 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 here's the thing. We like it this way because it ain't costing us nothing. But the minute you got to take it up, means you got to bear this thing. You got to go through what it's going to take to endure this thing. He says, now I can multiply you. See, many of us want the multiplication, but we don't want to take up our cross. Well, God, enlarge, we could, we could quote the prayer to pass all day. Enlarge my territory, God. Hey, hey, God, get, get, expand me. He said, you ain't willing to do this. You want to follow me? You got to do what I did. I had to take up that cross. I had to bear that cross. He said, so if you want to multiply, you got to take it up. This is wilderness talk. This, 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 this is wilderness. So if, if you want to multiply, you got to be willing to go through the process. How many want multiplication? But don't quit when the cross gets on your back. Don't quit when it gets heavy. Don't quit when, 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 when the splinters is getting in your back. It's a part of the process. If our Savior did it, you got to do it too. Thanks, Todd. <laughs> Pastor, why are you spending so much time talking about this wilderness thing? Because Peter, that's where Peter got frustrated. He got frustrated in the process. He forgot that this was a part of what Jesus said he would have to endure. Let's, get, let's look at Luke 22, 
33, I mean 31 and 32. Look what it says here. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. But I've pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith shall not fail. And so, I mean, and so when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. Notice Jesus didn't say, I'm going to remove you from Satan trying to sift you. Understand what it means. He says, but I am going to pray for you. While you're going through, I'm going to pray for you, Simon. But guess what? You still got to go through. Now, understand what sifting means. Sifting means that Satan was trying to separate him from his destiny. But Peter, Simon Peter had to have the faith that can endure. He said, you know what? He wants to separate me, but he can't. Look, 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 but listen, look, listen to the text again. He says, so when you have repented and you turn back to me, he says, strengthen your brothers. So God has said, if you return, he says, when you return. So in other words, God got more faith, confidence in you than you got in yourself. Notice your wilderness isn't just about you. He said, when you get back, strengthen your brothers. So your wilderness is not just your experience. It's what you're going to have to endure to help somebody else through theirs. Peter is wrestling because he's saying to himself, he says, wait a minute, Jesus, I left my business to follow you. I, I, I left my family to join your ministry. And the ministry that I joined, Jesus took care of me. He says, uh, uh, but now you're gone. And so let's, let's dispel a myth right now. People think that Jesus and his disciples didn't have no money. That's a lie. Guess what? Judas was a treasurer. You don't need a treasurer if you ain't got no money. People don't, people don't have no money, don't have no accountant. Jesus, his ministry had money. And that ministry, he had 12 men following him, and they took, their ministry took care of them. And so now, he's gone. Jesus is gone. And, and, and understand, Peter signed up. Peter was a businessman. He signed up because Jesus said, look, ministry going to take care of you, and you're going to get a bonus. Let's read the bonus. You don't believe me? Look, Luke 18, verse 29 through 30. Look what it says here. Yes, Jesus replied. Now, now let me give you the backdrop. This is on the backside of him talking to the rich young ruler. All right, so listen to what the text says. It says, yes, Jesus replied, and I assure you that everyone who has taken up his house or wife or brothers or parents or children for sake of the kingdom of God, listen to what he says, will be repaid many times over in this life and will have eternal life in the world to come. So many times over in this life, it means, oh, okay, so that means if I, if, 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 if I, Follow you now, Jesus, you're going you to hook me up. Peter said, yeah, I'm down for that. So the rich young ruler, you know, he turned his back. He asked Jesus, how can I inherit the kingdom of God? Jesus said, you sell all your stuff, and then you can inherit it. The young guru said, I ain't down with that. He walked away real slow. And it wasn't about the young ruler having things, but the things had him. And so Jesus was saying, you got to give her the things that have you if you want to follow me. And so, and so Peter heard that. Peter always speak up. Peter was like, all right, Jesus, so we heard your, your conversation with him. And so what are you trying to say? You said we was going to get this, but are we really going to get all that? Jesus said, yes. So let's fast forward. Jesus promised him all this stuff. Now Jesus is gone. And Peter said, you know what? Peter going to do exactly what we do. We take matters in our own hand. 
and we go back to the things we are familiar with. Even though they may not be unhealthy, even though God has moved us on beyond that, we go back to it because it's familiar. Y'all quiet. Amen. Amen. So they went back to fishing, and guess what? They didn't catch anything. Be careful about what you go back to. Understand, this is what he did. He went back and caught nothing. Can I give you a sidebar? Be, caref- be, ga- be grateful that you didn't catch anything when you went back. It's children here, so I'm going to keep this thing G. Go back if you want to. You might catch something. So he went back and didn't catch it, but that really was a blessing. Because whatever you catch outside the will of God won't last anyway. Let's say they went back and they caught some fish. They would have thought they did it on their own. And so they would have been like, oh, we got it going on. We don't need God. We don't need this ministry. God made sure they didn't catch anything. And then I love Jesus. Look at verse 4 and 5 of our text. We're still in John 21. Look what he says. At dawn, Jesus was standing on a beach, but the disciples couldn't see um, who he was. And he called out. He said, hey, he asked a rhetorical question. I love Jesus. He, he says, hey, fellas, have you, have you, did you catch anything? He already knew they didn't. I love Jesus. He, he says, in other words, he said, did, did, did you catch anything? How, how's it, how has it been going since you've been back? How fruitful has it been for you since you went back? <laughs> Is it all you thought it would be since you've been back? You've been fishing all night. You didn't catch anything, nothing, not one fish. And this is what y'all did for a living before you hooked up with me. And so I told you you're going to be fisher of men, but you went back to catch natural fish. And so that wasn't good enough. So you went back. Now you didn't catch anything. How's it going for you? <laughs> That's what Jesus said to them. But look at verse 6 of our text. Then he said, throw your net on the right-hand side of the boat. In other words, you've been on the wrong side the whole time. Listen to me and throw it on the right side and you'll be fruitful for you. The right side of the boat. So listen to this. It was a matter of inches between breakthrough and breakdown. Inches. It's not like they had a cruise ship. They're on a fishing boat. It was a matter of inches between their, their lack and their abundance. Inches. And so... Most of the time, we think we're on the wrong boat. It's not the boat. It's you. If I can get out this job, then I'll get on another boat. I'll be better. If I can get out this marriage, get me a new boat. Everything will be okay. If I could get out of this church, I could be better in another boat. Wasn't the boat. Notice Jesus didn't say move the boat. So the boat was right, and where they were was right. God had to move them. 
He had to move them in the boat. He says, move from this side to this side. He had to move them and get them to move their net, move their priorities. He said, when I move you in the net, then you'll have abundance. So it's not about your boat. You might be in the right boat, but God got to move you in the boat. Inches from this side to that side. You mean that's, that's the difference between me having all that I need and me lacking? Just me moving to the right side? I've been on the wrong side all these years, God. That's why I ain't been catching nothing. So all I got to do is listen to you and I can have abundance? Follow what you said and I can walk in, in more than enough? That's what Jesus is saying to them. So, so let's, let's, get, let's get to this. So they moved to the right side. They caught so much fish. Listen, they couldn't handle it. And that's what God wants to do in your life. He wants you to catch so much that you can't handle it. It'd be more than enough. You, you got to give some of it away because it's so much for you. He said, I want you to be a blessing. I'm going to bless you so you can be a blessing. But look at verse 9 of our text. This is the part that messed me up. Verse 9 of our text. And when they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them. Fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. So the thing that they've been trying to catch all night was waiting for them when they got to shore. The very thing they've been seeking, God already had for them. Matter of fact, they, not only did he have it, it was there cooking. They could smell it. But God went a step further. Let me, let, me, let me pull you here. Let me push you here. The Bible says they had fish and bread. That sounds awfully familiar. Fish and bread? Let me tell you a story. So Jesus was out there preaching his heart out for hours. They were out there in the wilderness. And he's preaching in the wilderness. He's preaching in the wilderness. He's preaching for so long that the, that the disciples begin to look at their clock and say, Jesus, you might want to wrap this up. Because it's getting late and we're so far away from any town that people are not going to be able to get anything in because all the stores are going to close. The only thing will be open is Wawa. And so <laughs> Royal Farm, and that's too salty for them. So... We need them to go get something. We need them to get something to eat. So Jesus, won't you just wrap up your sermon so you can go get something to eat? He says, no, I ain't wrapping up my sermon. Y'all feed them. They're looking around, feed them with what? See, y'all got, got something. Oh, we got this little boy's lunch, two fish and five barley loaves. He said, that's all, that's all you need. Two fish and five barley loaves. And, 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 and so can I give you a sidebar here? Give God what you got. See, see, our problem is, this, this is what we say to God. God, I will bless you. I will bless your house when you bless me. He said, stop lying. Because if, 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 you, if you got $100 and you're not willing to give me 10, when you get 100000 you definitely ain't going to give me none of that. He says, but if you give where you are, I'll multiply it. God, as soon as I hit this Powerball, I'm a tie. Stop lying. You ain't tithed off the $100 you got. Somebody hand you $100 million, you ain't going to, especially when Uncle Sam take 40 of it. You definitely ain't going to tithe. So don't lie. Don't lie. Don't lie to God. Don't lie to yourself. And so, so here's the thing about that story. We think that Jesus multiplied the loaves. That's not what Jesus did. Hand me one of those baskets. The way we're going to offer them baskets at. 
We, we, we misunderstand the scripture. This is what Jesus did. He said, bring, he said, bring it to me. That's what he did. As most of y'all had pancakes, so don't get hungry on me now. <laughs> this is what Jesus did. He, he took it. Got to read your Bible. He took it. He blessed it. He broke it. Then he gave it. He broke it. He gave it. He put it in the basket. He handed the basket to them. And every time they reached in the basket, there was more. So it wasn't that he filled all the baskets with his prayer. What he did was he showed them the process in the process. See, 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 understand this. The process is out, through, and in. But we get caught up in the process because we get caught in the through. And that's where we get stuck. But in the through process, in the wilderness, this is what Jesus said he's going to do. He says, I'm going to take it, I'm going to bless it, I'm going to break it, and I'm going to give it. So when I give it, it can be used. Most of you are in your wilderness experience. You're in your second part of your process. So what God says, he says, y'all, he said, y'all missing it. That's how Peter missed it. Peter forgot this. That's why Jesus said on the, on the shore, I'm going to have fish and bread to remind them of the process. I'm not going to just have fish. I'm going to show them the bread because I showed them this and they forgot. So Jesus said, church, I'm going to take you. I'm going to take you to myself. Then I'm going to bless you. But here's the hard part. After the blessing comes the breaking. We don't like to be broken. And that's what you're saying. God, you just blessed my life. I just got all these blessings while I'm sick now. God, you just blessed me with a new home while, while finance is struggling now. You just blessed me with a new car. You blessed me with a new job. Why, why, why am I struggling now? Because you got blessed. So after the blessing, you can't forget the process. The breaking. After you're broken, now you could be given. And once you're given, he says, that's how I can use you. Peter forgot. Simon Peter forgot the process. God took him. For three and a half years, he blessed him. Now Jesus gone, he's being broken. He said, but Peter, hang in there. Because now I'm about to give you. And when I, when I give you, I'm going to use you. That's why on the day of Pentecost, when he opened his mouth, thousands were saved. But he had to be broken first. See, that's the, so, so understand the two processes, church. The first process is out, through, then in. But there's a process in that process. So the process in that process is God's going to take you. He's going to take you. All of us, he's now taking us. And guess what? Some of you may not realize it, but he's blessing you. He's blessing you right now. He's blessing you, but after the blessing, after the breaking, he's going to put you in a basket and say, now use him. And in the using comes the multiplication. Understand that after the breaking was the multiplication. You got you to hold on. Just a little while longer. Don't quit. Don't quit now. Why quit now? 
you've gone through most of the process. You almost at the end. Do you, do you realize where you are in this process? He says, I'm, I'm bringing you out of Egypt. Y'all came out of Egypt. You know what Egypt represents? Egypt represents your place of bondage. Your place of sin. Where, where you used to be. You know when we talk about the club? You used to be down Melba's and Five Mile House every weekend. Sunday was your recovery day. Hallelujah. Because Saturday night you turned all the way up. You closed down the bar. Hallelujah. Once God delivered you from that place, right from there you got to go through your wilderness. And understand that's what happened to Israel and also happened to Jesus. Think about this. He came out of the water. John the Baptist, his cousin, baptized him. So he came out of the water, and the Bible says he was led into the wilderness by the Spirit of God. He went through his wilderness. And when he got through his wilderness, he went into his ministry. That's the process. Out, through, in. You can't go out unless you go through to go in. But after you come out, now you got to go through your wilderness. And your wilderness is where he says, all right, here's the next process. Here's the next process. I know you don't think that you're enough. See, they didn't think that little boy's lunch was enough to feed 25,000 people. Again, we talk about it all the time. People say 5,000, it was 5,000 men, not including the women and children. 25,000 people, this ain't enough. God, I'm not enough. I don't have enough skills for that. I don't have enough education for that. God, I ain't, I ain't got enough. I ain't, my family, don't, we ain't got no, no, no serious name. We, who are we? Who is me to judge? Who, who are me to judge? You ever see that guy? You ever see that guy? That guy's a fool. You know, you know the go, I've been delivered. That guy. You ever seen him? So, so, so I got to tell you all this story real quick. So he, he was online. And he was talking about, I think he was talking about um, Leandra Johnson. Leandra Johnson on the chain. She's a pastor, but that woman got a problem with the bottle. She gets drunk on, 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 on Periscope, turning all the way up. And they get mad when some people call out, you a pastor, woman of God. So, so, so he, he was talking about Leandra, and his English is so bad. How bad is it? Y'all missed, missed it. That was your opportunity. Here you go. You missed it. This fool get on TV, he said, who are me to judge? Listen, we said, who are me? He, 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 he was not planned. He was dead serious. I was like, who was his English teacher? Who are me to judge? And that's how we look at ourselves. God, who are me to do this for your kingdom? Who are me, God, to, 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 be ser to serve you in this capacity? Who are me? God says, let me take you through the process. He says, this is what I'm going to do in the midst of your process. I don't know who hair that is, but it ain't mine. It's all on the bread, too. He said, this is you. This is you. 
and I have to take you. And after I take you, I'm going to bless you. After I bless you, I have to break you. Because when I break you, guess what I'm doing? You multiply. Now I can use you. Now it's time for you to go in because you've been through. Now it's time for you to enter to your season of in because you've gone through the process. Not just the process, but the process in the process. Now you're ready to be used. Now, 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 now I have multiplied you. But you can't quit in the process, church. Don't give up so quickly. Some of you all, in the breaking process, you say it's too hard. God, I, I've been through a lot. I've been through this. I've had this taken from me. I've had that taken from me. I, I, I've been sick. I've had this going on. He says, I know. I know. I'm just building you up. I'm building you up so I can use you. He says, but you, but you got to trust me. Stay in the process. Stay in the process so I can use you for a greater good. And as I'm using you, I'm going to multiply you because every time you reach in, there's going to be more. Every time they reach, listen, when the disciples reach in, not only did they have more, but the Bible declares that they, after they got finished feeding everybody, after they had a whole fish fry, everybody had fried fish and, and fresh bread. You know, you know how you get that fish? You, you ever, listen, back in the day, this was Lake Trout was good. On Town Road, y'all remember Lake Trout? Lord have mercy, Jesus. We go there late night on Friday. That's the best time to go. Line be wrapped around the store, and you would go in there, and they would you would say, "Give me a, give me, give me, give me, give me a fish," and they would put bread at the bottom of that bad boy. That that bread would soak up all that grease. Have mercy, and then you would take that bread and that fish, and you get this old hot sauce, and you make yourself something there. Hallelujah! It be hot. Hot and fresh. Can you imagine what Jesus made for them on that shore? It had, they truly had nothing on that. Jesus, this is Jesus' fish. Jesus' bread. And he grilled it for them. So, so it goes to show you that even Jesus is willing to serve. He prepared the meal for them. And he said, look, come and partake because I want you to remember the process. You've forgotten it, Peter. Not just Peter, Simon Peter. I got to call you Simon Peter because you still got one foot in your past. Until you move your foot out of there, I, I got to call you Simon Peter. I want to call you Peter because that's what I named you. But some of y'all stuck in your past. So now you got to call you two names. Two names, two chains. y'all crazy all right let me wrap this thing up I said 30 minutes or less right so let me wrap this thing up understand that this is what you have to go through in order to be multiplied God says I want I want to use your life I want to multiply your life everything that you dreamed about I want to give it to you but you can't quit in the process you have to go through the process and you have to trust me through it and know that I'm going to lead you every step of the way you can't quit right now. Most of you all are right there at the end. And so that's what the devil will do. 
if he know that if he could keep, if he knows that when you get frustrated, you can go back, guess what he's going to do? He's going to keep you frustrated. You got to understand his plan. If, if he know every time they get frustrated, they're going to quit God and go back to where they used to be, he says, guess what, I'm going to keep them in a place of frustration so they'll never come back to God because he's afraid of your multiplication. See, he know we like baby kids. We don't die. That's how we get down. Because he forgot. When, it, when, it, when he killed Jesus on the cross, he forgot. He says, I'm going to raise up sons and daughters. See, he thought in killing Jesus, he's going to kill the kingdom, but look at all of us now. See, you understand? So the multiplication is in the process. And some of you all are right there on the brink of your end. Some of you are right on the, on the breakthrough of what God has for you. And this is where the frustration comes in, just like it happened with Peter. He got frustrated right at the end. God says, don't quit. Remember the fish and the bread. Remember what I did there. If I did it, then I'll do it again. I'm going to do it in your life. I'm going to multiply you. So don't forget the process. Whenever you, I want you to remember this. All, every time something crazy happens, say, all right, God, I'm out. I'm going through. But right now, you took me. You blessed me. You're breaking me. You can give me that you may multiply me and I might be used. Don't forget the process in the process. Come on, stand up. Thank you for listening to the Raymond Talk Podcast. To listen to this message or past sermons, download the Mixcloud app in the Google Play or iTunes Store. Go to mgwc.net to join and get the latest church announcements. And don't forget to like us on Facebook. Thank you again for listening to the Raymond Talk Podcast. Hope you join us next time.